Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. Stay connected this winter with this unbeatable deal from BreezeLine. Get reliable, fiber-powered internet for just $19.99 per month with all-in pricing for two years. But that's not all. Your first month is on us. This deal gets better with a free modem and installation along with free Wi-Fi your way whole home coverage. Safeguard your network from cyber threats to keep all your devices connected and secured with this amazing offer. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires March 3rd, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. Welcome back to another episode of The Juice. I'm your host, Solomon Giorgio, comedian, writer, and the main reason O-Town broke up. My guest today is a comic mastermind, the co-creator of Dicktown on FXX. He was a longtime contributor to The Daily Show and This American Life. He currently hosts the hilarious podcast, Judge John Hodgman, where he settles important issues plaguing the world today, like should the built-in kitchen soap dispenser be filled with hand soap or dish soap? Let's give a big juicy welcome to John Hodgman. Hi, John. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Thank you, Solomon. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing wonderful. You're, you're in New York now, as always. I live in Brooklyn, New York. Yes. And, oh. and I'm doing fine. Fine is correct. But, no, but these days, I normally, <laughs> I normally only ask people, like, are you doing okay? Okay plus or okay minus? Because yeah. that's about the range Yeah, I feel that I, that, that I feel that I can offer people anyway. I, I, that's a right. Somebody asked me recently if I was having fun. And I'm like, what a terrible, terrible <laughs> yeah, question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems unseemly to say, I'm doing great. Why? <laughs> what could possibly go wrong on a day like today? Everything can go wrong. Everything can go wrong every day. You know, I think that's the issue. I think things need to stop going wrong for anybody at all times. Hey, I wouldn't mind if things stopped going wrong for an hour. Do you know what I mean? An hour? Give me 24 hours of things not, nothing getting worse. Oh, 24 hours. That's, see, I feel like if you do something like that, like a small universe would have to die to even out the karmic balance. It's like a perverse version of Groundhog Day. It's like, it doesn't repeat. You only get one 24 hour period, but it's some comedy where it's like, hey, nothing's getting worse. Let's live but instead. <laughs> oh. Well, I'm always happy to see you. It's nice to see you. That's why, I mean, look, uh, I, want, I want to do the show because I knew that I would be happier if I saw you, which we can oh. see each other because of teleconferencing. But even if I could only hear you, I would be happier than I was before. <laughs> You've always been so kind. I've always been the treat of every Max, Max Fun situation and the cruises that we've endured. If I can tell you a little bit of gossip. Yeah. I'm actually a monster. I'm a horrible monster. Vengeful, spiteful. Oh. Backstabby. Talk behind then people's you... backs while standing. <laughs> <laughs> You're on the right show, then. No, that's <laughs> this, <not>. is, <laughs> this is literally what I'm about. Yeah. No, I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think you're that backstabby, are you? No. No, 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 no. no. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't believe in that sort of thing. And I, and I, and I fear to speak ill of anybody because mm -hmm. uh, I am not a superstition person. I presume that I will go and die and become dust and nothing will happen thereafter. I don't have a lot of faith that there's anyone looking out for us. 
at this point now that all promises have been broken and institutions failed. Um, but I do feel some sense of uh, some sense of that golden rule, you know, and and also fear of karma. I agree. Uh, I also feel like you can twist fate around if you want to. Uh, I think there's oh you can dodge car- you can dodge yeah. karma. Solomon Giorgio is going to dodge karma. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm here to prove that life is unfair. Uh. <laughs> no, I, I I think life is is entirely unfair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do I actually believe in karma? Not really. Am I a scaredy cat? For sure. Oh yeah. Well, I think the cruelest thing you ever did was, I believe, at one point, trying to make um, me drink Malort with other individuals. And I oh, think no. that- <laughs> Well, you know what? <laughs> you have you have put your you have put your finger on something because Malort, if people don't know, and probably yes. more know now more than ever because. I have helped to make Malort very famous, <laughs> spreading, spreading the gospel from stage to stage. This is a Chicago, well, it's not made in Chicago anymore, but it's it's famous for being mm-hmm. arguably enjoyed in Chicago. It is a it is a liqueur, it is a flavored spirit that is extremely bitter it's... and is enjoying kind of a hipster anti-comedy renaissance where you you drink it and then you Make a horrible face, and you take a picture of yourself on <laughs> the internet. I, I've I've never had anything that put inside me that took something away from me immediately. That it was. <laughs> <laughs> I like you feel like there's like it's like it's like I like did it drink yeah. me? <laughs> I ah. think it's really. <laughs> yeah, I should have I should have explained. Every sip you take, you lose a year of your life. There's a legend <laughs> at the Malort headquarters, and everyone's name is written in it. It is really. It is a. F- Truly, I feel because I've also I used to work in bars, and that's what uh, bartenders would do each other with Fernet. Uh, sure, where so bitter and so, and it's flavored. That it's, it's like, a strong, it's a strong flavor for sure. But you know, you you point out something. Here I am, just polishing polishing my halo, saying I don't talk behind people's backs. <laughs> I don't do anything mean. I'm extremely kind. But the truth is, if I'm on stage, when I hand out that malort, I'm being a big bully. I'm being a big bully and basically saying, I dare you to try this. And people are hurting themselves simply by following my advice. And I take a certain Mm -hmm. sick pleasure in that. And I should, I should own that. I'm not, I'm not the nicest person there is. (laughs) Look, here's the thing. It taught me to never do it again. And that's what's important. Well, perhaps, yeah, perhaps you owe me a thank you note. (laughs) (laughs) As a matter of fact, let me back up. I am not a bully. As a matter of fact, I made your life better. <laughs> no, no, I, you know, and like at at the Max FunCon, when I would host the pub trivia quiz, I would feel power get to my head. Mm-hmm. And if people, if people, you know, I, I, Chuck Bryant from Stuff You Should Know and I would co-host the 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 big trivia night, and people would form teams. And if they talked too much, or they broke the rules, or if they questioned my judgment in any way, <laughs> I would like make them do a lap around the building, like real, real gym teacher energy coming out of this withered nerd body. I think that, <laughs> I think maybe I'm not as nice a person as I like to, as I like to present. Look, to be perfectly honest, I, the power of being on stage and uh, the way you can sometimes trick people into doing stuff, it lets you know that you could be a cult leader if you want to make the effort. <laughs> well, exactly. That's exactly what, I mean, I formed a cult. I call, I, I, I forced the people in pub trivia to call me dear father. I ordered total subservience. <laughs> I had to do it. The joke of it was that we were that the the Max FunCon, which is a retreat for the listeners of and 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 pod members of the Max Fun Network, where I do Judge John Hodgman, is that the the place where we do the retreat, Blake Arrowhead, 
is very near one of the Scientology secret buildings yes. where it is speculated that David Miscavige, the head of the Church of Scientology, his, his wife, who's not been seen for many years, is living, one hopes, safely. And oh. so we were talking about Scientology because of that come. And then I just want you to know that Scientology is a, a completely legitimate major world religion. It is a faith way like any other. It is not a cult. I'm not making the mistake of talking about Scientology out of school like I did when I wrote for GQ in 2000 and started getting letters from the church. Yeah. I was thinking about cults and I thought, what would it take to start a cult? And all of a sudden we locked the doors mm -hmm. of that uh, trivia uh, quiz and we, and we lived there together for 15 days and we wore uniforms by the end of it. Jumpsuits. <laughs> oh, Jeez, that, that part wasn't true. <laughs> but the other stuff is true. That that sense of power when you when you're on stage. Yeah, I feel I, I yeah, I've, I've definitely I've made I've definitely made people uh I'm not I'm not forcing anyone to drink anything, but I've making people be quiet is one power that I've had, which I I love abusing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh how do you make people be quiet? You mean when you're on stage and people are are talking they shouldn't? Just chatting it up, having a whole conversation while you're just being a presence that they should enjoy. Right. So, what's your what's your technique? How do you? Oh, how do you um, shame them? I uh, I do this thing where I tell them to uh, be quiet, and then they oh. just stop. <laughs> I am <laughs> I am good. a bit. <laughs> I do have the benefit of being a giant, which always helps me out on stage. That's true. That's true. I um, we are seeing each other over teleconference, but I forgot. It's yeah. been a while since we've shared space with anybody, frankly. But I've not been I on know. your coast for quite a while, and you're a very tall I person. know. I know we should. I feel like an, a Max Funcon should come to fruition soon. I think so, and you will notice that I have shrunk since last time. <laughs> I've only grown smaller, both in my stature and in my heart. My, I'm now. I'm wearing ten-inch heels now, so I'm only, I'm over seven feet tall. Fantastic! So <laughs> Fantastic! Uh, so this show is specifically, as you know, is about gossip uh, and my joy yes. of gossip. But I'm very much specifically. I enjoy like small, local, like retail, like like gossip from high school gossip. Hometown gossip, because you grew up yeah. in New England, right? Yes. I'm from Brookline, Massachusetts, the home of Conan O'Brien, the hometown of Conan O'Brien. And let me tell you, I went to Brookline <laughs> High School, and let me tell you some gossip that we all talked about Conan O'Brien after he left. Uh -huh. The stories that we told each other about <laughs> the famous Conan O'Brien at Brookline High School. Whoo, it was hot stuff. <laughs> Hot, oh, hot stuff. <laughs> How far apart we guys? Um, let me see. What is his age? Let's start there. Good question. I probably should know that information, and I don't. And you probably shouldn't say. I probably feel like that's probably the wrong thing to say. I feel. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take this burden off your hands. Conan O'Brien, fifty-nine. Fifty-nine. So he is nine years older than me. So basically two two high school generations removed. Oh, yeah. And the joke was going to be, we had told no stories about Conan O'Brien because no one knew <laughs> At that time, he was probably writing for, by the time, well, I mean, The Simpsons started in 1989, I think. We're just going to go through Conan's IMDb uh, high school. Early life, born Brookline, Massachusetts. His father, Thomas Francis O'Brien, is an epidemiologist. I bet he's getting some yes. work. <laughs> uh, he was the managing editor of the school newspaper, The Sagamore, just like my friend Christine Connor and my current, my current wife, my wife. <laughs> my current wife. 
Not my current wife. My longtime wife. My current longtime and ongoing wife. Yeah. My my forever wife. This this time for sure, everybody. No, my own my only all-time wife uh, and whole human being in her own right. Oh my gosh, I'm I'm blushing. You can probably hear it on the radio. I'm blushing so hard. We met in high school. You met in the Brooklyn High School? Yeah. Wow. But we're talking about Conan O'Brien, and I'll tell you about that. Graduated valedictorian in 1981, entered in heart, blah, 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 graduated in 1985. So, you know, he was but uh, a, a, a youth. He had been barely, barely spat out of the basement yeah. of the Harvard Lampoon by the time I, <laughs> I was in high school. We were not talking about him. We may have, uh, we may have overlapped. I may have swanned by him in Harvard Square of a of a of a weekend while he was yeah. perhaps studying and I was pre-high school or just started high school I was probably headed my way to the million year picnic comic book shop to pick up the latest the latest <laughs> issue of the X-Men so it's impressive like you would see you went to the same high school the same college into the same career it's almost like you're copying him is that what's going on here <laughs> I did not I did not go to the same college you did, oh I went to Yale University Yale sorry sorry I, I I knew it was an Ivy League school Yale is an accredited four-year college in Southern Connecticut and it is <laughs> you know I I loved my time at college it was it was pretty incredible but it was also like like it was a joke I was like come on really every time I would quote unquote, in my career brag about mm. going to Yale. I was like, I was making the same joke. The Simpsons one. I was like, Mr. Burns, like I'm a yeah. Yale man. I'm an honorary whiff and poof, which is the <laughs> premier acapella singing group of you know, collegiate, uh, <laughs> of all, the collegiate world, et cetera, et cetera. Like I found it, like I went, well, I got in, which was nice, Yeah. but also, and I got an incredible education, but the primary reason I wanted to go is that I went on the, the college tour and they explained like all of these old gothic buildings that look so old um, are actually pretty new. They were all built in the 20s. They were all designed to look like Oxford or Cambridge. Yeah. All of the shingles, uh, all the roofing shingles were buried for months under the ground to artificially age them. All of these leaded window panes that open inward were all made five minutes ago. And they were, <laughs> you may <laughs> notice that some of the panes were broken and repaired with lead, and this is a little hard to describe on a podcast. But in the in the oldie on the oldie times in Oxford or Cambridge, if it broke a pane of glass, you would you wouldn't get that was expensive, so you would repair it by by putting the glass together and putting a seam of lead over the crack. And so the tour guide said, you may notice that all of the repaired cracks in the window all form Ys for Yale. And I was wow. like, oh, this is Disneyland. This is, <laughs> yeah, this is fake. Like this is this is all some robber baron's wet dream of a like. I I yeah. want to be part of this of this theatricality for sure. Doesn't Notre Dame have that aspect of Toots as well, where they made it like old bunch of old stuff too. They made it. Yeah, they made it look old. They made it look old. For and it's just it was it was a it's a ren fair. It's a it's a fake. <laughs> It's a phony. It's true, but it's a very expensive rent fair. It's and I and I thought there was no and let me let me I'll 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 tell I'll tell I'll tell a little something. I thought there was no like like the Yale Harvard rivalry seemed like the stupidest, most arbitrary, dumb thing in the world to me. Especially since I don't care about sports. And also, they don't play sports. They play <laughs> Ivy League sports. 
I think I went to the Yale game, the Yale Harvard football game once. And I think I think mainly they just shook hands. I don't know what they did. <laughs> Quasely walking right. by each other with a football. But I was invited to become an honorary member of the Harvard Lampoon, which is oh. the humor magazine and humor club of Harvard. Yeah. Which is basically a direct a direct feeder to yes. comedy writing rooms in New York and L.A. I've, I've I've seen it. I've witnessed it happen. I've seen people just show up with fresh degree and already writing. And I'm like, OK. Yeah. So, you know, look, I I came I came to comedy backwards. I was in the book publishing industry and then I started writing some humor for some websites and wrote a whack, a wackadoo book and got asked to be on The Daily Show with Jon Stewart as a guest, and that turned into a gig. And all of a sudden, I was on this television comedy show. And so it was this weird, like, charged thing to be invited to Mm -hmm. be an honorary member of the Harvard Lampoon. And so I said, okay, I'll go. And they're like, okay, great. Will you come Saturday night? And I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I can't, I... I live in New York. I'm not going to bop up there for a Saturday night. Next time I'm in Boston, I'll let you know. And uh, I just thought it was going to be like, uh, like they said, there'll be a little dinner and a little, a little uh, uh, ceremony. And then that's it. I'm like, okay, well, I was doing a show at the Wilbur theater in Boston. And I said, Hey, I'm coming up. And they're like, great. Um, uh, What about Sunday night? And I'm like, no, uh, Sunday I'm going home. And also (laughs) I'm traveling with our children who are staying with my dad, but I could come like Sunday lunch. Can we do that? And they're like, yeah, we, we normally do it during the nighttime. I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> anyway, I show up at this thing. And this was when I was at the height of my tweediness. I was on the, sh- the daily show wearing a, mm-hmm. wearing a suit jacket and a tie. And a, I was be- playing this sort of stuffy intellectual character, the resident expert. And that was my brand at the time. And may I swear on this podcast? I mean, please do. I hope you do. Uh, I wish I had kept because I fucked my brand up so bad. <laughs> I should have just kept doing that. Resident <laughs> expert. God, I, 2011, I grew a mustache. I tried to make a change. No one understood. <laughs> Shifted over to being the deranged millionaire on this show. I got stuck doing financial comedy. I don't know anything about that. Then I started doing podcasts and writing <laughs> books of essays, and no one knows what I do anymore. I, but at the time, though, I had a high Hodgman brand, which was, this is that, that is an asshole from Yale who thinks he knows everything and pretends that he does. And I show up at this thing, and all of a sudden, I'm surrounded. They come in one after another in the Harvard Lampoon Castle. Oh, wow. Wh- white guys wearing glasses and a suit and tie. And I'm like, are they playing a joke on me? Are they all? <laughs> are they all doing? Uh, like some of them were wearing bow ties. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. is this some sort of like John Hodgman cosplay? Are they trying to like being John Malkovich? <laughs> me? They're trying to break my brain like by making? Are they making fun of me? And then I realized that's just how they dressed. It's it's Harvard. It's Harvard. <laughs> There's a difference. There's a difference. It's it's a brand. Anyway, it turned out the the uh, the ceremony was a. Uh, uh, an initiation and a hazing. <laughs> I was I was jokingly humiliated, and uh, <laughs> they kept me in a basement for a while. And after a after a while, they brought me up to face the tribunal. Mm-hmm. This was a version, I believe, of what people who actually are join the Harvard Lampoon go through. You can ask uh, Conan O'Brien. Wow, I don't know. 
But they asked me a series of questions that were very obscure, uh, and I will protect their secrecy. (laughs) And I did not know the answer. They asked me one question over and over and over again, and I could Mm -hmm. not figure out what the answer was. And finally, uh, I I gave them the, the most honest thing I could give them. I said, look, you college children. <laughs> I'm not supposed to be here. I understand that. Like this is a mistake. Like I I when I was invited to be on the Daily Show the first time, I was not even sure I was going to make it on the air. I was told to bring a suit in case the script got into shape. And I was so intimidated showing up at the Daily Show in 2006. Because it was definitely at the height of its powers, as it was, I think, all the years, that, and, and still now. I mean, it's different different powers. Trevor Noah is super powerful, incredible. But you know, the daily, like for me, it was a really, really big deal. I was going to be on the other side of the television screen. Oh no, it was it was a, it's a, it was a big deal. I, it was one of my favorite shows at the time. Yeah, and I and I and I was terrified because a this was how could this be happening, and b all I knew about comedy writing. I knew from stories from SNL. Yeah. And the book that came out about SNL at that time, it was just like legendarily backstabby. That was the stories. That was the gossip, right? Like it's yeah. just like everyone's everyone's got little sides and cliques oh, yeah. and they undermine each other and they work all night long. And if they don't work all night long, they're not taken seriously and blah, yeah. blah, blah. And I'm sure none of that was true, but it, that's what I thought what comedy writing was. Yeah. It was just I did too. I truly believe that people. with my whole heart. Evil I was people. like, we're going to do rails of cocaine and try to try to right. write a sketch. <laughs> right. And uh, and Rob Corddry, Rob Corddry, I see down the hall walking towards me. And, and Rob Corddry is also from Massachusetts, but he's a different kind of Massachusettsian. He's not he's not a he's not a, a Brookline dilettante Yale man <laughs> like old Hodge over here. He's what you call a mass hole. He's going to punch me in the neck. He's going to say something mean (laughs) and punch me in the neck because I'm the new guy. And this is what happens in comedy, right? If not neck punching, then verbal neck punching. And he walks up and I'm really scared. And this big smile crosses his face, which makes me even more nervous because when white dudes from Massachusetts smile at you, duck. (laughs) And and he says, and that includes me, (laughs) but he says... (laughs) We're so happy you're here. He said, I heard you were coming in. We're so happy you're here. And every day at the Daily Show felt that way to me. Everyone treated me so nicely. It wasn't always easy. It wasn't perfect. And I sometimes had to be told I was wrong, which I did not enjoy. Very few people had told only child dilettante John Hodge when he was wrong before. (laughs) And every day since then, I thought, I guess I'm not going to be hazed in comedy until today at the Harvard Lampoon. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it was all in good fun and it was, you know, but I was just like, and then, and then they just kind of stared at me silently and they're like, that apparently was not sufficient to get me out of there. And finally, I'm like, look, I'm a grown man. (laughs) You, I'm not a college student. You have to let me go. You understand that, don't you? Because... (laughs) Because I'm a grown man, and also my daddy is coming to pick me up at 3 p.m. because he's going to drive me to the train station. They were really, they were really great about it. <laughs>
Well, they eventually let you out. I look at it clearly. Uh, yes, they let they let me out. Okay, John, it is time to read a couple of the juicy submissions we get from our listeners. It is mailbag time. So on today's mailbag, we're actually we're giving out grades. Uh, first, I'll read the submission. And then I'll ask you to give it a grade of either dry, moist, or fully juiced. Fully juiced being the most salacious and dry being clearly boring. Juiced is the most juicy. Moist is medium. Dry moist is medium. Is... Dry just... Right. Just... Right. So, uh, all right, here's the first one. <clears throat> I grew up in a small town in Florida. Rumor has it that at my high school, there was a group of friends, all boys, and when they would get in fights with each other, they would sleep with each other's moms for revenge. Wow. <laughs> wow yeah rumor has it well look i've not done this podcast before mm-hmm. to me that's pretty juicy that's here's the thing it's based on your life experience so it's not it doesn't matter what was said before this is this is a this is this is very juicy if this were okay all right i'm gonna say i'm gonna go ahead and say i am scandalized if this were happening <laughs> but we we in our we in our high school group yeah. My friend Christine and, and uh, my then and future current wife, Catherine, and the other Sagamore kids. And yeah. we were all we were all pretty, we weren't fighting and fucking, you know what I mean? It wasn't happening in my life either, I sure. <laughs> this sounds very, this sounds like a plot of a movie or something. It sounds like something that only happens to teenagers in the movies. But also, that, this was the confusing thing for me is that it's, if it's like, if one boy did it, that makes sense, but... In general, all the boys subject to their moms. Where is it? Where is the writer from again? Uh, this is uh, it's a small town in Florida. So oh, yeah, then know, I believe it. Yeah, yeah this is hundred percent true. Hundred percent true. Yeah, I'm sorry for even doubting that for a second. I should have. I'm gonna grade. I'm gonna grade. My grade is a uh, a uh, uh, juice a uh, juicy, juicy, juiced, fully juiced. We're getting a, our juiced. first the first rating ever. Uh, here it is, fully juiced. So this next uh, piece of gossip. Uh, my coworker was a sister wife. Um, mm. Though never confirmed by her, her husband's name was Cosmos. It wasn't until later that I realized her real name was not Serenity and his real name was not Cosmos. She always talked about her sister, Spirit, that worked on the building next door. I finally met her sister, whitest white lady ever. Uh, no way these two were actually related. They all lived together in a house in the suburbs. Hmm. Wow. In the building next door or on the building next door? Um, she worked in the building. In the building. In the, so there's not a, working, working the building not a construction door. worker. No. No. It's really Spirit Spirit was not pouring concrete next door and putting up rebar. I'm truly no no one's name in this is surprising to me to be a uh a polymorph uh, situation. Uh, yeah, okay. And so it was Cosmos. Mm-hmm. And the two, and the two cosmos, serenity, and spirit. Cosmos, serenity, and spirit. You know what? That's a moist minus. I'm gonna go dry. I yeah. You know what? I'm, I'm yeah. You're right. Like I enjoy. This is their. Like, it's their life. It's their life. Yeah. Who cares? It's there's nothing uh, surprising about this. Everybody, every name says I'm gonna be in a polymorph witch couple. Sure. Uh, <laughs> thrupple, thrupple, like, please. We were, we're like, there's, there's nothing. Yes, thrupple, there's nothing about this that says I. I. That's the thing. But like, good gossip is like, it's there has to be a little bit of surprise. It's surprising. Brother, it, it's surprising. I, I, moist minus. I was, I was grading. I was, uh, I was giving them the curve. Yeah. 
Yeah, I feel like we're in modern times. We're we're both metropolitan men. Uh, yeah. And let people, hey, you know, I wish I had the the nerve to rename myself Cosmos. Yeah. <laughs> it's still an option. It's never been taken away from you. But I you can't know what? fuck up my brand any further. I can't. It's already fucked. No one would know. I would complain. <laughs> yeah. They'd be like, Hodgman is calling himself Cosmos now. How can he fuck up his brand anymore? But the truth is that no one, no, it wouldn't be, no one would take yeah. me seriously. Yeah. yeah but no, yeah, this, yeah, this situation I don't feel is, I, like, I personally, like, I have no, like, I'm monogamous by laziness, by sheer, pure, <laughs> I, <laughs> meeting a second person sounds awful <laughs> to me. Yeah. It seems like a real, cho- it seems like a real chore to be part of a thrill, yeah. I would have to say. So that's like, really the only reason I just don't, I don't, like, don't, like, it's all based on pure, no need to want to meet another person. Yeah. Let people live their lives. Let them all live together in a house dry, in the suburbs. Dry minus. Dry minus. Dry minus. Sorry. Dry minus. I take, I'm taking it down. I'm resubmitting my <laughs> and, But I, whoever submitted this, if you want to do some more research and if they like have like a... If they have what like would make, yeah, what would make it more surprising? What would make it really good? I feel like if there's like, if one of them lived in the basement the whole time and just like, (laughs) yeah, all right. That's dark. I love it. Like that's, that's, that's a, that's some gossip. Like what's going on with spirit. (laughs) Right. I mean, if one of them, if one of them was the governor of a red state, the Republican Mm. governor of a red state. See, or if they had like a fourth or if they had a fourth and it was a ghost, like that's the kind of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That would be very juiced. That was very (laughs) That would be very juiced. And that's the mailbag. Thank you for sending in your mail. Reading your submissions is the best part of my week. Okay, John, let's take a quick break and we'll be back with the juice line. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And it's your last chance to get more fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this limited-time bundle ends June 30th. Save now at cedarpoint.com. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to The Juice. I'm here with the hilarious John Hodgman. All right, John, now's the time in our show when we go to the phone. We call it The Juice Line. And I'm hearing from our board operator that today's caller is Becky. Well, let's patch her in. Please hold. Thank you. 
Hi. Hi, Becky. <laughs> I'm Solomon. I'm here with the wonderful John Hodgman. Now you clearly have some juicy gossip to share with us, and I would love it. Solomon, Solomon, may I just may I just say, yeah. Becky, is it? Yes. Yes. Okay. What listeners don't know, because we can see each other over teleconferencing, Becky is bursting to tell this gossip. <laughs> <laughs> on on edge the whole time. All right. This is a yeah. It's just it's a tried and true uh, gossip juice. So. I've told this story many times. So I used to work at a university many years ago and worked at in a in a job where I had to talk with students. And so naturally, I talked with the financial aid office a lot. And so in that position, I kind of had my go-to guy that I went to in, in that office. And so he was nice. We kind of had a nice relationship. I could call him. He would help me out, help my students out. No problem. And then one day I tried to get a hold of him and his voicemail is just gone. Oh. Like mm. very strange. I tried to email him, like look in our directory and he's disappeared. Like he just doesn't oh. exist anymore. And so I was like, mm, this is strange, but let me call yeah. somebody else and this other guy I know in this office and said, hey, you know, thanks for your help. I tried to get a hold of, call him Mike, Mike. And he, I just can't find him. Where is he? And I got sort of a, yeah, he doesn't work here anymore. Oh. Response. Okay. Which is, I was thinking about this, like this other person that I called was like, also my go-to for gossip. Like he was the person that would tell you like what was really going on. So the fact that he didn't say anything, I was like, okay, this is a little strange. And so I didn't think anything of it kind of went along. And a couple of years later, I was at a happy hour or something with work. And his name came up, Mike's name came up. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, whatever happened to that guy? He just disappeared off the face of the earth one day. And they're like, oh, it's been a couple of years. So we can tell you now what really happened. Oh. And so apparently one day campus security came in, was like, hey, we need to talk to the manager. Talk to manager. They go into this guy's office and escort him out. And he is never to be seen again. Apparently, our campus security was having an issue. And now at universities, it's pretty standard that every room, classroom has a computer, has a projector, and a big screen. That they were having an issue where students would come in maybe a little early to their class, and someone would be in the classroom playing porn on the big... On the big screen. The big screen <laughs> of their classroom. Sure. And this had happened multiple times. I guess these kids would get freaked out and they would just leave. And so they were wondering, like, who is this who is this person that keeps doing this in different classrooms and different buildings? And apparently it was this guy. He finally got caught Wait. somehow. What? Wow. I, Becky, <laughs> may wow. I ask a point of clarification? <laughs> sure. <laughs> so Mike, M Mike wasn't in the classrooms watching the porn when they came in. He would yes, just sneak in. Oh, he was. Okay. Oh, he yeah. was. Yeah. Oh my God. I thought <laughs> you were saying that he would, he would just go from classroom to classroom, <laughs> putting porn on the big screen and then tiptoeing in and tiptoeing out the, <laughs> the gentleman porn bandit just to, as a weird thrill. <laughs> oh no. But he, he was, was in, but he was in there. Yeah. And so I don't know. I mean, he had a job where he met with students. So who knows if somebody recognized him, if yeah, something happened. But wow. So it was a different room every time, or yeah, that apparently was an issue around around campus. Why are you this... so judgmental, Solomon? You can't be room just... monogamous if you're. 
You know what I mean? Like Look. he had to, he liked to, he liked to spice it up. He liked to sometimes go to the, you know, a chemistry lab, sometimes go to a French room. Look, you know, in my Bible, it says to stick to one room and only one room when you put porn and projector and masturbate in the college campus. <laughs> I, uh, please leave your Bible in hotel rooms. I'd like to find one. Wow, though. That's How insane. about that? Yeah, and they fu- somehow they connected it to him, and I don't know if he fessed up or they had some sort of proof, but they he was never to be seen again. Boy, oh boy, yeah. oh the days of physical media. <laughs> what a weird thing! What if, if he would do, if he's like prove it? If that's what he did, <laughs> <laughs> we know you've been watching porn. I'm like, oh yeah, are you sure? <laughs> I feel like that's a that's the kind of thing you're like, yeah, it was me. I just oh wow, Mike. When he disappeared from the directory uh, record and the voicemail and everything, I thought for sure that the story was he was going to be a member of a ghost thruple. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately No, but it's scarier. It's scarier than a ghost story, I dare say. Very much so. Um, Wow. Well, how long ago was this? Oh, gosh. Ten years ago or so. Oh, quite a while ago. That's impressive. Oh, my What's I just the desire like the internet's right there. You have your own computer. You have your own home. There's a whole other. There's a plethora of options, and I just getting caught. Getting caught is bad, and don't do it. Don't. I mean, don't 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 get caught. Don't do it. I was just reminded of a couple of winters ago. Our daughter and I were taking the the train up to Western Massachusetts to visit some friends, and it was the holidays, and the train was very crowded. And there was a dude sitting across from us on the Amtrak, and he was very friendly. And he was getting wildly drunk, and happily wildly drunk, on on tall boys of light beer. And (laughs) chatting up everyone who sat next to him because someone would leave, someone would sit down. And and a woman sat down, and she had a cat, and he was talking to her about her cat. It's just so friendly. (laughs) She got off the... She got off the train. She said, Merry Christmas. He said, Merry Christmas to you and to your cat. You make a wonderful couple. And he was so happy and excited. He was calling ahead to wherever he was going, saying, I'm almost there. What kind of wine do you have? I'm like, dude, you need to take it down a thousand. <laughs> and then we heard him on his cell phone and he was so cheery. And he's like, hey, how are you? Yeah, I'm on my way. I'm almost there. What's that? Naked pictures of me on the internet. <laughs> Well, that's got to be a mistake. <laughs> Who sold you? And you could just hear in his voice that it was 100% true. And his life was never going to be the same. And he just started making, and his voice just started getting like, yeah, um, apparently uh, you're going to get a call from someone who said that they have naked pictures of me on the internet. But it's not true. I want, it was just like, it was wow. the worst Christmas ever for this for this person. He got caught. Wow. Yeah. And this guy that I worked with, I mean, we were, we had kind of like a relationship where we chit chat about, oh, how are you? And I knew that he was married, that he had just right. had twins, like oh. all this stuff. I'm like, how do you, how do you explain that when you show up at home in the middle of the day? Do well, they not have a, a large scale projector happened. at home? Probably it was like, it's a busy household. I had to be somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> do you want me to masturbate in front of twins? Is that what you want? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've 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 already found I know I know the line defense these men find. Uh. <laughs> Obviously, there had to have been some measure of exhibitionism yes. involved, which makes that um, yeah 
you know, profoundly uncool. But when I was yeah. in college, I worked at the video store. This was about 150 years ago. And I was working at the video store. Oh, just real quick, um, my listeners, uh, we used to watch videos uh, as a form of entertainment. Uh. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. We would, we would put them on large screen projectors and yes. chem labs. <laughs> and I was renting a video and, um, you know, your, your listeners are too young to know what the Brady Bunch is. But I got a call, or for that matter, what Sam Goody's was, which was a record company. <laughs> yes, record I, I recall. I had, had Sam Goody points, so I'm very upset. Uh. Yeah, and I picked up the phone, and uh, and and I said uh, Film Fest because that was the name of the uh-huh. the video store. And uh, there was a young woman on the other end of the line. She goes, "Film Fest." I'm like, "Yes." She goes, "This is Sam Goody." <laughs> Like, we're using code names now. She said, "You need to know Greg Brady is on his way." And apparently, Greg Brady had been down at Sam Goody and was looking for something. And they sent them up to Film Fest. He was looking for a video store, and they were so excited they had to give us the heads up. She hung up immediately. And Greg Brady came in, and this is of course the actor Barry Williams. Yeah. And he said, "Like we were all playing it cool because Greg Brady was important. You know, Brady Bunch meant something mm-hmm. to me." And he was playing it cool, and he, and we were playing it cool, and he was playing it cool, and he said, <laughs> and I knew that he was he was in town doing a touring production of a show called um, City of Angels. Anyway, he said, "Where are your classic movies?" And I point him to the classic movies, and he comes back and he says, "Great, do I need to fill out a a membership?" I'm like, "Yeah, just fill this out." And he said, "Do I need ID?" I'm like, "No, I don't think so, Mister Greg Brady. <laughs> not required." <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and he's like, oh, great, thanks. I'm like, look, I hate to be that kind of person, but will you sign an autograph to my friend, Christine, who was the editor-in-chief of the Sagamore after Conan yeah. O'Brien was at Brookline High School. She's a big fan. And he wrote, have a very Brady day, Christine, Greg Brady, and blah, blah, blah. We went through this whole thing. It was so sweet. And he goes, yeah. Um, so the other thing I wanted to ask you is, do you have adult films? <laughs> and I was like, oh. Yes. Oh, Greg Brady. <laughs> oh, no. This was at a time when you had to, the only place you could get pornography was at video stores or apparently college campuses. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, he was a man alone on the road who simply wanted to spend some time with himself. Very, very recognizable. Everyone in Sam Goody knew who Greg Brady was immediately. He was, and he had to go and had to go through this whole experience of like, yeah, I'm on TV. I'm going to be really nice. And now I just want to know. And I just felt so bad for him, especially since the answer was no. He had wasted his time. He had ah. rented the he had rented the goddamn Oxbow incident for nothing out of the classic <laughs> section, trying to cover for himself, trying to show oh. himself to be a person of. T- I'm sure he loves classic movies. He's great. I'm sure. I just sure. felt so bad for him, and I'm like, no, you have to go down to Best Video in Hamden for that. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, um, damn. It's hard. <laughs> it is very difficult. But nowadays we have full access, and hopefully we can don't need to watch these projectors and get caught. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, hopefully Mike was doing well out there, and he's uh, found another outlet uh, for his need to be <laughs> to be in the public eye. I hope Mike is. Watching. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, but again, that that exhibitionism. That's that's. I mean, that's that. You know, he's he's making people see stuff that they don't want to see. Yeah, it has it has to be done with like uh, permission and. Uh, of course. Greg Brady wasn't forcing me to come to his hotel room and no. watch adult videos with him. I mean, he invited no. me and I said yes. Yeah. And that's the, that's the right thing to do. It's permission, consent. That's all we're looking right. for in this world. 
Right. That's right. <laughs> Thank you so much, Becky, for calling in. That's such a wonderful story. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate yeah, it. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Becky. Please hold. Thank you. I thought I didn't have any gossip to tell, and yet it's true. It's human nature, isn't it? Yeah. I think the yeah. second, I also feel like I have a face where people just want to tell me secrets, and I really I appreciate that. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. When, when next we meet, remind me to tell you the story of the guy who sublet my apartment in New Haven. Please, um, yes. Yeah. Uh, the, he was, a, he was a, a never never sublet your apartment to a, a guy who was a part-time waiter, part-time stage magician. And, <laughs> I agree. And apparently, and apparently three-time masturbator out the window. That's not a good... What? A good, never mind. What? What? Next time. Next time. Next time. <laughs> next time. Oh my god. Next Thank time. you, John. It's always so happy to have you. Thank you so much. It's always my pleasure to be in the presence of the great John Hodgman. Be sure and check out his podcast, Judge John Hodgman from Maximum Fun, and his new animated series, Dicktown, which is currently airing on FXX and streaming on Hulu. As always, if you want to tell your story on the juice, send them in by visiting teamcoco.com slash heyjuice. Also, remember to rate and review in Apple Podcasts. Give us all the stars if you feel so inclined. And as always, have a juicy day. This has been a Team Coco production. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com.